my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Moala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Australia. And it's so lovely that you're able to uh, join us in today's uh, program. This week's theme, money, wealth and the church. And today we look at the question, what does the Christ teach us about money and wealth? And today in the studio, I have my co-host with me, Pastor Joseph Matichich. For those who are new to our show, uh, Pastor Joseph serves as the secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. Uh, welcome to the studio, Joseph. Yeah, thank you, Will. It's, uh, it's good to be here. <laughs> and Joseph, uh, we want to let our listeners know today, um, as we're going live, we have a very special guest with us today as well, all the way from Auckland, New Zealand. And he, um, he serves as a pastor in the Seventh-day Adventist Church at uh, the Otara uh, English Seventh-day Adventist Church and also the Mangari or the Mangare. Seventh-day Adventist Church, and it is none other than my father-in-law, <laughs> Pastor John Brown. John, it's so good to have you in the studio with us today. It's good to be here. It's really good to be here. Praise God. Praise God. So, fellas, I just thought um, we just uh, just have a little chat a bit, you know, how, how things have been going, how's your weekend, and I might take our little uh, segment uh, time to maybe uh, give John a, a, f- a few minutes so he can share a little bit about what's happening over there in New Zealand in ministry and life. And so um, so maybe I might just start with you, Pastor John. Uh, Pastor John, um, firstly, why don't you let us, our listeners know that you're actually here in our studio live today in South Australia. So what brings you to the beautiful city of churches here in Adelaide? <laughs> uh, I came here because to visit my daughter, Tarani, and also my son-in-law, <laughs> uh, William, uh, and our granddaughter, uh, Nuraya. Yeah, uh, That's the purpose why I came here. And also, it's good to have a break. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow, praise God. It's great to have you here, John. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You, and you're, so you're working in, in New Zealand as a pastor. Yes. And how many years have you been a, a pastor now? Uh, about nearly 14 or 15 years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so Pastor John, you, you're here from um, Auckland, and you're visiting um, us. You're visiting Tarani, your, your daughter, my lovely wife. And um, so what do you think of Adelaide? Because I know this is this is my first time. Y- your first time here. What's yeah. been? I know you've shared with me a little bit, but what's your general impression of uh, South Australian Adelaide? Um, I really like it. Um, traveling to one of the churches here, I felt um, the scenario. It's nearly similar to Western Australia. I've been living right. in Western Australia for over 10 years. Mm. Uh, I really liked it. I felt I was also in Western Australia. Yes. Because you were in South uh, Western Australia for, was it about almost 10 years, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I remember when Tarani and I, we went out to see uh, Pastor John um, Joseph when you know, he was ordained. I think, what year was it? I think it was 2009 or 10. But uh, we we took the flight over, landed in Perth, and he you met us there at the airport, and then we drove some twelve plus hours to Waluna, where you were ministering at the time. And all I can remember is how hot it was. I mean, yeah. by by nine o'clock that next morning, because we we got to Waluna at about two in the morning, and the next day it was so could already feel it. And I, I think I spent the whole 
couple of days up there, Pastor Joseph, right in front of the AC, right in front of the air conditioner. <laughs> and, you know, Pastor jo- John had things to do and he was traveling around. And I said, no, 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 you go ahead because um, it's a bit hot out there. <laughs> I think I'll just stay here in the lovely confines of the um, of the AC. So so you're here for a couple of weeks, Pastor John. And, and uh, I know you were in Brisbane the last two weeks. You're yes. visiting your, yes. your, your eldest daughter there, Grace, and, and her family. Um, so tell us a little bit for our listeners today. Um, you're a pastor of two churches in, in, in Auckland. Tell us a little bit about those two churches. Uh, one is a, um, English Cook Island Church and the other one is, they say it's a Cook Island Church, but it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Yeah. Um, both churches are very, very good. Um, when I arrived there in 2019, we had plans. Right. Um, and plan is to advance the work of God. But the pandemic came mm. on. Right. And uh, most of our plans went out. Yeah. And it was a time that we had to learn how to use technology. And most of us yep. uh, wasn't used to that. Uh, but as time went by, we started to adjust to the technology. And um, right now, we can do a lot of. I believe God has given us the opportunity as a church to learn more about technology and how to use yeah. technology to get the gospel out in the most effective way. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of, well, not just churches, but the whole world as it seems, is that everyone had to go virtual, everyone had to go mm-hmm. online. I know uh, we were ministering out in North New South Wales at uh, Dorigo and Nambucca churches, and yep, when the pandemic hit, um, yep, everyone pretty much went on Zoom, you mm-hmm. know, straight away. And, um, and it was a, yeah, it was a transition time. And in some ways, um, there were some members who enjoyed it. Some people, um, you know, everyone had a different take on it. But I think if, I think I was hearing more and more stories, Pastor Joseph, how there were people who weren't as connected to the church. They, they probably weren't going as much when things were normal, but because of the virtual everything online, they, they were coming online and they were praying and they were, Almost being reconnected to the church family again. Um, so yeah, so there's a bit of, yeah, I think there was a learning experience on the whole for people in the church, people who weren't coming. So, so you, you found that out again. So, so let me get this straight, Pastor John. You, so it's Otara, because there's Otara as it's yeah, pronounced. Otara. So there's two churches in Otara, but you take care of the English speaking one, because yes. the other one's a Cook Island one. Yes. And then you've got the, uh, the other church in, uh, Mangri or Mangri. Mangri. Yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know, and, and, where he ministers, uh, especially in Mangri or Mangri, it's, um, perhaps Joseph is probably the, the most, um, there's more po- perhaps Pacific Islanders there, Polynesians there, <laughs> than probably even back in some of the islands because they all just seem to immigrate to, to Auckland. And, um, you know, you go to some of these parts of South Auckland and it's like, Everyone's, you know, all brown people everywhere. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes I, I, I've gone around and like, wow, it feels yeah. good to look around and all you see is Polynesians. So, <laughs> so it's a definitely a different demographic, different part of the world. Um, so, um, so when you think about your ministry, Pastor John, and you think about, you know, we're kind of coming out of the, the, the pandemic in some ways, um, especially in South Australia, we've, we've certainly progressed in terms of some of these restrictions that's just been lifted, you know, with a mask and everything. It's been good uh, for, for you know, our churches. So there's people coming back now, which, you know, for, for various reasons, they weren't necessarily coming. So it's, it's, I think it's been a positive thing. So when you head back to Adelaide, uh, sorry, to Auckland, what are some things you're 
maybe thinking of planning to do? Because I know you said with the pandemic, things were kind of on hold. Um, what's in store for the two churches when you, you head back in the in the coming weeks and months? First of all, um, 2019 is the first time I ever look after a um, Polynesian church. Okay. Prior to that, I've been in Western Australia. So it was a new experience for me um, to work with my own people mm. right. uh, because I've been away for so long. Some of the things that we already have in place is evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic also blessed us in many ways. Though there's some negativity, but the blessing came, it's, we went into group sessions and those group sessions in the church where, you know, leaders like elders were assigned to look after that, the groups, they were able to, uh, nurture the groups. Not only that, those who come and affiliate but the groups were also natured. And during the breaks, we will have baptism. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were, the families, it caused the, it created a time for, for the fathers and mothers who've been working hard to be with their families. So that's very, very positive. And also given the opportunity for us to use technology to, we were very open for Sabbaths. Uh, worship, though we have Zoom, but families were able to Zoom out to Australia and other part of the world where they can come together and link together and worship. Yeah. And for me, giving me the opportunity also to, to worship with my children every seven o'clock yeah. in the evening, you know, they come on and, um, we were able to see us and we, we maintaining that practice. So, uh, it's looking at, there's a lot of programs we're looking at. In my mind, uh, evangelism, because I love evangelism. Mm. Yeah. That's, I'm passionate about evangelism. You know, evangelism means making friends. Um, we have people who are working with the community, linking with the community who are leaders, right. who invite me to go in and, and run um, messages with them. Uh, at the same time, there's Bible studies, who would have believed there will be Bible studies, Bible studies going on. And um, some of the ideas I'm looking forward to is um, how we can connect effectively with the community after this. Because New Zealand is too on, uh, it's too attached with the pandemic. It hasn't Break away from right. like Australia have. Okay. Mm. It's so too under restriction. Yeah. So we are, we are moving, but at the same time, this is the time to plan well and what we yeah. can do better next. It's, yeah. in, it's interesting, John, how you said there that, um, uh, the, the pandemic meant that some people got more connected. You, you, you know, even though it meant that uh, generally we had to go into, uh, more isolation or, uh, lockdowns for some period or there, there was restricted movement, let's put it that way, lesser, lesser mixing. Um, yet in another way, um, people were then made an effort to actually reach out more, didn't they? Yes. Uh, and connect. And, um, yeah, we similarly connected up with some, some friends. Now we, we, we'd stayed in touch with and have been in touch with these friends, but, um, there was a bit more of an intentionality to, to reach out, to make it, make a time, like you were sort of saying there, regular time with, with, you know, your, your, your friends and family at what, seven o'clock at a set time regularly you, you were doing that. And so, um, and, and the church, when we think about the church, 
in a way, it, did, it certainly has affected us. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But um, what it highlights again for us is that the church is not just a place. That yeah. and it's last true. week here on on it's drive true. time, we, we we looked at this very issue: the fact that the church is not to be defined by a specific place or or a building, even That's even right. more so, um, and and perhaps even the programs that 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 go on out. But the, ultimately, church is people. Yes. the church yes. are people who. Who love the Lord Jesus Christ, who want to serve Him and follow Him, obey Him, and want to share that love with with others, and and have um, fellowship and, and friendship with uh, with other people like minded. Yeah. So um, we want to welcome you here to the beautiful um, city of churches here in South Australia, Pastor John, and we we um, we hope that uh, you have a lovely holiday here, spending time with your family, getting to see your daughter and and your granddaughter as well, and. Um, just one thing before we go to our book offer, I must say, um, I'll say this to Joseph and to all our listeners today, I couldn't have asked for a better, uh, parents in laws with this, this, this man next to me is, um, uh, been such, he's such a gentle, humble, um, human being and his, his lovely wife, Ngakiti as well. Um, they are lovely and, um, that, and that's really good. So, um, would, yeah, that's, I'm that's so that's glad lovely. to have them. And I see it myself, Pastor Joseph, when I see my wife, um, that, that Pastor John, he connects with his children. And like yeah. you said, every day they're on Zoom. And even my little one, little Noriah, she's on there singing all the, they sing a few songs, Jesus loves me, you know, and, and all the other, you know, uh, Tarani's little sister Grace, she's got like five kids. So they're yeah. all on it. And then yes. there's, uh, the brother Nia with his, uh, little two. And, you know, it, it's, that's, I love how the, our, the, you know, the kids just see that from mm, their grandparents. Mm. And I think, cause I just got back from the flight, you know, on, on Sunday night, um, last night actually from Sydney. And, um, my wife was telling me in the car on the way home that because my little, uh, daughter, Narayah sees them almost every day on Zoom, yeah. she said when they came out of the terminal, she just ran straight up to them, uh, you know, just like, Papa, <laughs> just <laughs> hugging them and everything, you know. So there was an immediate connection there. Yes. And I, and you know, that's, so if anything, that's one of the beauties of, of everyone going online because it's, um, you know, even though families are different parts of the world, that it, it brings everybody closer. So, so thank you, Pastor John, for, um, joining us, uh, on today's show. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, love to have your input as we share on our topic today, uh, dealing with, um, what Jesus says about money and wealth. So we're going to have to just pause there. We're going to go to a song in just a moment. But before we do, we'd like to give you, our listeners, a, a an opportunity to receive a free book. We have our free book of, offer for this week. And this is along the theme of our, we're going to be talking about money and finances today, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about this very relevant issue. So today's book that we're giving out is called The Giving Equation. And uh, this book is by author Ken Long. And Ken is a highly experienced business consultant. He's based in Sydney, Australia. He holds a doctorate of business administration. And look, he's very qualified and he's a stewardship champion. He's passionate about helping people understand how generous giving benefits them. And so here is the book for this week. If you're listening today on our show, The Giving Equation, Working Out Your Relationship with God and Money. If you would like to receive a free copy of this book, why don't you text us the code word SA44. 
Uh, once again, the code word is SA44 and text the code word to 0488-880-811. One more time, code word SA44 to 0488-880-811 and we would love to give you a free copy of the book, The Giving Equation. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea billows roll You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with myself, Pastor Will Moala, and I have two lovely gentlemen in the studio with me, my co-host, Pastor Joseph, 
Matichich Joseph is the secretary for the Seventh Adventist Church here in South Australia. And I have a, I guess all the way from Auckland, New Zealand. My father-in-law, Pastor John Brown, is here in the studio with us uh, today as well. This week, our theme is Money, Wealth and the Church. And today we're looking at the question, what does Jesus teach about money and wealth? Very interesting. And so we are going to dive into this topic and we, this is, we're going to kick off this theme this week. And so, um, I'm going to ask Pastor Joseph if you would kind of, um, set this up for us. Um, why don't you, um, help our listeners to understand this idea of money, finances? What does the Bible say about it? Does the Bible in fact say anything about it? What did Jesus say about it? And hopefully uh, we can get a, a conversation going. And I'm hoping that our listeners out there listening on Drive Time um, uh, will be plugging the free book off in a few moments. So please don't go away. So, Pastor Joseph, does Jesus teach about money and wealth? And what does the Scripture say about it? Yes, he does. And we're going to look at that today. And um, thank you. Thank you, Will. It's, it's important for us to look at this because... Um, one of the one of the criticisms that people have about the church is what that, that Christians or you know a church if you go to a church all they're after is your your money your yeah. money yeah, yeah we've we've exactly. all heard that haven't we now the other thing too is that um uh, you know we've heard and we we read and sometimes we see it um, reported on how some church leaders. Uh, are very well off, okay? Yep. And um, that, that sometimes gets reported in the media, and it, it doesn't tend to leave a good impression, I think, on people. <laughs> that, that, that would be fair to yeah, say, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they will say and, and report on some church leaders who might be uh, owning very extravagantly expensive vehicles, yep. and uh, they're thinking, well, these people seem to be only in it for themselves and what they're getting from their followers or from their members or from their listeners. And um, <laughs> there there is this... This level of um, angst against and, and, and disquiet and, and, and you know um, people aren't aren't really impressed with that. I think that would yeah, be fair to say. That's right. Um, and so we yeah we need to look at this. Um, we know that um, money is often mentioned in churches offerings. There's a concept of tithing uh, where people return a yeah. portion of their income to the church. And so. It, it, it is a it is a significant it is a significant topic, and so here we want to just look at okay, well, what is the Bible's teaching on it? In particular, Jesus, uh, what what does he what does he say? The fact is that the Bible does actually speak a lot about money. Okay, now it there's a, there's a very basic guide here rule. Whatever the Bible speaks about, we ought to take seriously sure. uh, whatever the bible teaches we want to we we want to take on um, that's what faith faith fm is all about we ta- right. we take the bible seriously and if the bible is teaching something um, uh, significantly if it spends a lot of time on something then we should also give it some time so so we'll really you know and, and john this is something that we shouldn't really kind of you know, want to dodge and yeah. sort of you know, squirm around a little bit just mm-hmm. because there has been some sure. some uh, negative experiences with it. Yeah. The fact is the Bible does does address it. And Jesus himself uh, spoke a, a quite a lot about money. He, he It's interesting. He, um, uh, in his speaking, in his preaching, in his teaching, he actually referred to money more than he did to heaven or topics like heaven or faith. Wow. Okay. Now that may may uh, be a bit surprising. So therefore, we need to 
uh, look at it and we, we, we should be open about discussing it. For example, many of the stories that Jesus told, or, yeah, referred to as parables, were about money yeah. or, or wealth or, or, or um, yeah, r- things related to that. Jesus himself spoke with rich people. Yeah. And people who ha- really had had nothing, so he he associated with all, all kinds, and uh, as we said, he, he he taught about it. Now, let's let's begin with a couple of key concepts. Uh, we're going to look at uh, a couple of uh, fundamental teachings of Jesus, uh, just to sort of set the scene for us. Okay. One of Jesus' best known teachings is what's referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, it's recorded in the in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter five, okay. and uh, it's uh, it, it's a long list of teachings and sayings of Jesus, famous sermon, and uh, really illustrates uh, the principles of the kingdom yeah. of heaven that Jesus was wanting his his followers to adopt the, the the way that he wants us to live, and notice the very opening words. This is now Matthew 5, 3. Jesus begins, and the first thing he said is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Of heaven, yep. Now, the reason I, I began with that is because uh, we, we have a parallel account, the Gospel of Luke, um, that records this sermon, or portions of it. And that particular passage in Luke uh, chapter 6 and verse 20 puts it this way, where Jesus speaks and says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Did, All right. Did you it's get, almost, yeah, it's almost like a difference there. Did you get that difference there? Yeah. Um, poor in spirit over in Matthew, whereas in Luke, it's it's simply, blessed are the poor. Right. Uh, no no other extra qualification. It, 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 it's putting it very simply, blessed are the poor. And then, in case we didn't quite um, get it, just a couple of verses down, Luke chapter 6 and verse 24, Jesus said this, But woe to you who are rich. Who are rich, yeah. For you have already received your comfort. Woe to, and he goes on, Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. So now that's pretty direct. Jesus uh, here makes this uh, great statement that blessed are the poor. And woe to you who are rich. Um, it, it, it would seem that Jesus is speaking quite negatively about yeah. wealth, isn't he? Yeah. It, it quite plainly says, blessed are the poor and woe to you that, that, that are rich. Then when we, we go to another passage and we come to uh, uh, quite a significant incident that's recorded in uh, a number of the gospel accounts. It's where we have this incident of a young man uh, who came up to Jesus, and I'm going to read the account from Matthew 19, verse 16 onwards. Um, it says here that just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not false, uh, give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Right. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Mm. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great mm. wealth. That's right. And then notice this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. An interesting uh, episode here where this rich young man comes up to Jesus and wants to know what he needs to do to get eternal life. And Jesus tells him, keep the commandments. And then he says, well, I've done all that. Is there, What else am I lacking? And he says, well, if you want to be perfect, yeah. go sell and give it to, to the poor and then come follow me. Yeah. And this man goes away sad. It says because he was yeah. very wealthy. Yeah, very rich. And then Jesus says uh, it's very hard for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Then he explains how hard it is. It's as hard as it is for, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And that's, just, that's, that's one of these sayings of Jesus that's puzzled people. And people have thought, well, it, it can't actually be literal. You know, there, there, there's been a couple of interpretations yeah. such as that, you know, you, you'd be aware of this, Will, wouldn't yep. you, that there's a, a gate, yeah, that, there was a gate called, you know, the needle gate or something like that in, in entering yeah, into Jerusalem. And, and um, yeah, you'd have to sort of stoop, but you could still get through. Yeah, I remember that gate when we went over there years ago. <laughs> um, but but the fact is, we we, we this is Jesus is, t- is basically saying as it is. He's saying, it, and that is just mm. take it literally, uh, just as impossible as it is for a camel, actual animal, to get in through an actual yeah. eye of a needle. So it's impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So what we found here is these are very strong. Statements by Jesus mm. against wealth, against uh, those who are rich, mm. and and so if we just look at this, we kind of could, could conclude: Hey, is Jesus is really against money and wealth? Is he? However, we need to look a little bit more carefully here. What Jesus is referring to, mm-hmm. and we said he talks quite a lot about money. Yeah. So let's let's keep going. Let's keep going because. Uh, well, it can't be money itself that Jesus yeah. is against. It could be something that is a danger that money money has. Yeah, and I want to suggest to us that what Jesus here is highlighting is the the, the danger that money poses because of the attitude that it that it generates in in us. Yeah, in, yes. in, in people. It's important to note that. As far as this rich young man is concerned, he had an issue, obviously, with his wealth. And uh, that's what Jesus is addressing. But that didn't mean that uh, Jesus is against all wealth or all rich people. Why? Well, we know for a fact that Jesus had some other rich followers. Yeah. There was Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Yep. When Jesus addresses him in the account yeah even though it was clear he, he not only was he rich he was actually he was he became rich he through was corrupt. rich because he was defrauding people yeah. and whatnot yeah. yeah through corrupt means yeah. but the thing is jesus doesn't say mate you, you've got too much 
uh, he he invites to connect with him, and and um, Zacchaeus is convicted, and he has a change of heart himself, and that leads him to want yeah. to share the money. You know, so Jesus allows uh, this person for his heart to, to, to be changed. So would it be fair, Joseph, to say, sorry, to, to just chime in here, would it be fair to say that on general, yes, Jesus talks a lot about money as you're, you're sharing a few really um, eye-opening uh, stories here, this rich young ruler story. So is it fair to say, Joseph, that um, when Jesus talking about money and wealth, um, he, he really goes beyond the money as per se, but then he talks about our attitude toward yeah. it or whoever he's speaking to. What's their attitude towards it? Is it something that is just totally engulfing? Their, it's just all-consuming to them? And it seems like in that story that you share with the rich young ruler, uh, sorry, the rich young ruler, <laughs> that that he either may have known or didn't want to acknowledge that his real um, – what was really on the throne of his heart, as it were, was, was his was his money, and, and Jesus seemed to like put the finger right there. So, um, okay, well, keep going, Joseph. So, you mentioned you mentioned Zacchaeus, and that's another yeah. classic story of yeah. of someone who was rich. You you, you were right, Will, in saying that um, Jesus he was identifying um, that this uh, rich young ruler had an issue. Yeah, and for him, it was the fact that that he had this, uh, I guess, attachment to his yeah. wealth. So the wealth itself is not an issue. Um, there was Nicodemus and there was Joseph of Arimathea, two very significant people yeah. who, who were loyal followers of Jesus. What was common about them all? They were actually quite wealthy. Mm. Yet Jesus doesn't tell them, go sell. Yeah. They used their wealth actually to help out. Now, yeah. And that's, Good. That, that's significant. Now, um, to get to this, let's look at what Jesus says then uh, in Matthew 6. Matthew six uh, nineteen. Jesus said, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, yeah. where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal." And then he adds, "For where your treasure is, there yeah, your heart, heart, will, be heart will be also." That is the key yeah. here. Jesus is talking about the heart. Yep. And ultimately, what, what it comes down to is, you know, um, Jesus wants people to commit their lives to him. And um, he's, because of his great love for humanity and demonstrated by his death on the cross, uh, he, he wants us to, to choose to, to follow him totally to make him number one. Yeah. You notice what I mentioned there? It's because of what Jesus has yeah. done for, for us as humans. It's always that yeah. way. Can I, can I share a story, Jason? I mean, it's totally in line with what you're saying. Um, a young, a young fellow, I won't mention his name, but he goes to one of the two churches I pastor and he's a, he's a very spiritual young man. He's, he's got his head on straight. He's only in his early twenties, already got a house. And I went to see him. He said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And so I wasn't sure what he wanted to chat about. And basically he said to me, look, I've got a really good job. This is what he was saying to me. I've got a really good job. And, um, basically he's earning a bit of money. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically, from what he was saying is, he wanted, he wanted to know if that was the right thing, that he was basically, in some ways, he was, you know, he was prioritizing his career. He wanted yeah. to, this, this organization that just employed him, like he was kind of thinking a little bit, you know, long term, you know, he'd like to progress in, in that career space. And, you know, there was certainly a lot of, um, financial rewards, I guess, along the way. But then somewhere along the lines, I, I think what I caught from him, Joseph, was in some way he was maybe feeling that, 
that because he was getting this money that somehow was it something that God was displeased about or and I said look and I, I kind of shared I guess along the lines of, mm. of our talk today is you know God's not against you getting money he's not but but when he but you know it's something that only God can convict you on if you know that you know I can't tell that to you but you know if if something's going to be an issue it's like other times people ask questions with for us pastors is it okay to do this and that and then you can't tell them yes or no but only they know themselves if that thing has a grip on them, yes. whether it's too much TV or too much sport, whatever it is. And sometimes people will ask us questions almost wanting to appease what they may be feeling a little bit uh, challenged on. But regards to this young man, I said, look, I mean, I don't think you've got anything to worry about because your head's on right and he serves in the church. He does a wonderful thing. And I think there was just that little bit part of him that felt that, hey, you know, um, in some ways he was – if I could use the word, he felt like if I be successful, yeah. is somehow God uh, displeased with it? I said no. I said, and I was kind of share what you're saying, Joe. Yes, if anything, yes. it you know you can use those talents and those the resources that God gives to to build His kingdom. So you know, and uh, yeah, I had a prayer with him, and you know that was that. So so I think there's a general, uh, maybe even a feeling amongst Christians that almost that money's evil or having too much money is evil. But what you're sharing today from the scriptures is Jesus doesn't talk good or bad about the money. It's it's how that person is, whether it's taken a hold of them, like you just read here. You know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah, I'd just like to add on to that too. Um, you're right when you said about money and your heart. Money and heart goes together. Yeah, yeah. You're closely knitted. And, um, and Jesus is saying, hey, there's another option. Mm. You know, mm. there's another option. I, Jesus doesn't want us to be poor. Mm-hmm. He wants us to to have a good life. But when we uh, get our hearts and, yeah. and and the money comes together far above God, yeah. Yeah. then That's we the have one. a problem. For example, you know the creation of Adam and Eve. Mm. God gave them everything. Yes, you know they were rich. Yeah. They yeah. were wealthy. Yeah. And there's only one thing that God asked them not to touch. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the tree of knowledge of good and bad. Yeah. 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 But when the heart mm. and greed see more than God, that's, that's when it's when a problem. Yeah. The yeah. Problem comes yeah. In. That's, Amen. that's a really good point because that lies at the uh, pardon the pun lies at the heart of what we're talking about here but but what we really wanting to illustrate is the fact that Jesus knew better than anybody else that money uh, can has has a, has a tendency um, to to want to get people uh, to to want more to, to you know to, to to have this desire for more or 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 a desire for greed and and that's why he, he made that statement Matthew 6 verse 24 yeah. you cannot serve both God and money. Yep. Um, that's right. And that's because there's, there, is a, there are competing values when we focus on it. Um, and I, I, you know, I want to just take us to another uh, great story, and then we'll, we can probably unpack this in a little bit more later. But um, it's in Luke chapter 12. Jesus tells a story, and it, this, this, is, this is a really, really um, – Pertinent, relevant to what we're talking about here. I'll read it from Luke, uh, in Luke 12, verse 13 onwards. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. 
Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? (laughs) Don't you like that? Um, Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life, Jesus says, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he goes on and mentions a story. But before I get to that, notice what Jesus is warning about. He's warning about greed. Yeah. A person can be greedy with a little bit of money. A yeah. person can be that's greedy a with, with yeah. a lot of money. Yes. And um, that's where he's getting at. You cannot serve both God and money. It's not the amount. It's the it's the attachment to it or it's the relationship to, with it that we have. That that is That is the danger. Hey, hey, Joseph, can we just hit the pause button because um, uh, we have to just go to a quick break, but I want to get you back in as soon as possible because I'd love for you to unpack that because, um, yeah, it's right on the heart of what we're trying to communicate uh, the rest of this week. We're just going to go very quickly to a break, but before we do that, we'd just like to offer one more time in our show today our free book offer. The free book offer along this line of money and wealth is this book called The Giving Education – sorry, not Education – The Giving (laughs) Equation – Working Out Your Relationship with God and Money, and this is by author Ken Long, and Ken Long is an experienced business consultant. He's based in Sydney, Australia, and he holds a doctorate of business administration, and he has qualifications in law and commerce, so he's a very studied up fella, but um, uh, The Giving Equation provides a fresh way of thinking about stewardship, explaining two different mindsets towards our personal finances. The G economy and the me economy. That's pretty cool. The G economy and the me economy. So for our listeners out there today, and we'll be promoting this with our presenters this week, if you would like a free copy, please text in the code word SA44 to the number in the studio, 0488880811. One more time, S code word SA44 to 488 Double eight zero eight double. Why don't you text us through and we'd love to get a copy into your hands. But for now, we're just going to go to some music. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. Well, I
I'd rather have Jesus. That is by Alison Krauss and the Cox family. You're back listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A. Uh, it's your host here today, Pastor William Mawala, my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich, and our special guest all the way from Auckland, New Zealand, Pastor John Brown, my beloved father-in-law. And uh, today we're, try- we're on the home stretch now. If you've just tuned in, we're listening to uh, our theme for this week, Money, Wealth, and the Church. And we've been trying to unpack the question, what does Christ Jesus teach about money and wealth and Pastor Joseph. Sorry, I had to catch you mid-flight. You were unpacking uh, the the story there in uh, Luke, uh, I believe it was. Yes. So why don't you, um, yeah, why don't you jump back on that and let us? How does this relate to this idea of money, wealth? What is Jesus saying in this passage? Jesus warns uh, Luke twelve fifteen. Reading here, Jesus says, "Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Right. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions." And then he tells this story. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Wow. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? And then Jesus concludes the story with this sentence. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Wow. Yep. The man in this story really is, is, your, is your typical, we could say like a, a typical consumerist. Yeah. And that is uh, it probably like a, a successful businessman has got – uh, nowadays, if we if we were to tell it, it'd be someone like you know, a couple of cars in the garage, a lovely home, well paying job, um, and then suddenly he loses it all. Um, and that's 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 what Jesus is trying to illustrate here: that the dangers, uh, the dangers of of greed, greed of wanting things. You know, the, the, this this man here is your typical consumerist because consumerism is this concept that money equals things. With money, you can buy things, and things will bring you happiness. Yeah, right. That's right. And so, uh, if you get more money, you'll be able to get more things. You, you you'll get more happiness, and so it ends up becoming a bit of a vicious vicious circle. But notice here what Jesus, uh, what what the point of this here, and the point of it it brings out is that. Uh, things don't last, yeah. and um, and then what happens? And so Jesus is pointing us to something that is of greater significance right. and value, and that's why he warns against um, possessions, and he warns against uh, self-focused as uh, accumulation. And he uses this expression here, uh, but not being rich towards towards God, yeah. Um, it's an interesting way he phrased it and how it comes across in the scriptures. Rich toward God. So it sounds like this guy was rich in material wealth. He yes. had barns or equivalent today. He probably had many investment properties, probably extending his backyard with a swimming pool, whatever it was. That's right. And Jesus ends it by saying he wasn't rich toward God. And I just wonder, I think we can we can all stumble in this area, even Christians, that we can be sidetracked by you know, trying to, you know, almost like this man, you know, set ourselves up as it were 
you know, but then here is Jesus kind of challenging that idea that when we go down that road, if we're not careful, we could be going down a very dark path where we could actually get ourselves into all sorts of trouble. Yeah, exactly right. And um, that it reminds me of um, uh, John Rockefeller, who who, who supposedly once said he's he's, um, uh, an American who was seen as one of the most wealthiest people um, ever, um, you know, at the start of the modern era. So, you know, going back a few years now, um, and he, he, he supposedly said this, how much is enough? More than I presently have. (laughs) <laughs> that that's how much is enough yeah. more than i presently have you know that's 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 really what we're what we're addressing here that, yeah. and that's what jesus is trying to bring out with this parable of this of this rich fool um he was not satisfied with what he had and that that's the issue with with greed you know um uh, and 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 yeah. money when when it becomes this kind of thing that you just need a bit more need need some more need some more need some more so that's why Jesus says watch out for all kinds of greed because life does not consist, consist. in abundance of possessions there are some things that are more more valuable more yeah. important that's what yes. Jesus is pointing towards and we find that illustrated elsewhere by Jesus uh, Jesus uh, taught us uh, back in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, "Do not worry about what you will eat, or what you will drink, or what you yes. will wear, etc., uh, because life con- consists of more important things than just that." And then he refers to, he says, "Your heavenly Father knows that you need yeah. these things." But he said, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His, his righteousness, righteousness." That's correct. And all these things will be added unto mm. you. So there's, he, he's he's wanting us to look at priorities. So it's safe to say, as we're kind of um, on the home stretch, Joseph, Jesus does talk about money. He does. But it seems like in these stories, these various characters almost serve as a warning. They do. When when what happens when we let money and seeking money, and as you were saying, greed, when it overtakes us, you know, it's not a good thing for us. Well, exactly right. And what we're finding here is is yeah. it's giving us this this, this principle that ultimately people, life and people are more important than possessions and money, Will. Yes, and it's good. Yeah, people are more important. That's, that's where it, it, Jesus is getting at here, that um, uh, life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Some things are more important. Um, and that leads me to the other teaching that Jesus made. Just to add on, you know, when you said about, you know, um, the Bible was saying in Matthew 6, verse 33, by seeking first the kingdom, of kingdom. God. Yeah. We've got to know what our priorities are. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good. And when God is missing in our priority, and in this case, it will not do us good. No, no. You know, the Bible also uh, indicates in Malachi, you know, God is willing to open the mm. window of heaven yeah. to bless yeah. those who uh, return to him. So yeah. Yeah. these are the secret of abundance or riches of happiness, you know. And sometimes people are rich with money, but are they truly happy? And that, exactly. that very good. That is the profound teaching of, of Jesus and the Bible, and it is this that it's actually by giving that we actually get. Yeah. We get other things more. Jesus uh, Luke six thirty eight, give and it will be, be given, given to you, you, he said. Yeah. Um and so that's 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 what we're talking about here, and it's also learning that 
and we invest in things that make a lasting impact, which is which is in people. Now, we'll um, to, to to finish off, uh, we want to look at. Um, that that story where Jesus was was watching people once right. who were coming to give. Let's and it's, do it. It's a short little account, Luke 21, verses 1 to 4. And I'll read this. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich, listen to this, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, Jesus says, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people yep. gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her po- poverty. She put in all that she had. All that she had. All that she had. And so what's significant here, Will, is that it's not the, um, as someone once said, it is not the greatness of the gift that counts. It is the purpose of the heart, the gratitude and love. Yeah. Yes. And what we find here, it's the motive that counts. Amen this to that. woman gave, she loved much. A bit like that story about the woman who came and anointed Jesus' feet with yeah. a very expensive fur- perfume. Why does she do that? Why does she spend so much? Because she yeah. loved so much and therefore she wanted to, wanted to give. That's Amen. right. It's the motive that counts. Amen. And Jesus wants us to understand, as we've seen, we cannot serve both God and money. Where our treasure is, where that's where our heart up. will also. Amen to that. And maybe if I can leave this, this quote, you cannot serve God and money, but we have to learn to serve God with money. I like it. Mm. Said like a very wise man. <laughs> <laughs> So, Pastor Joseph, I think we've only touched the surface, and I'm sure our, uh, the rest of our Faith FM team are going to do a fabulous job as they continue with this theme for the rest of the week. So, unfortunately, fellas, it looks like our time is up for today for our listeners out there in um, out there in the beautiful um, in Adelaide and across the country. Uh, please join us. Our host tomorrow is Pastors Gary and Pastor Don as they will unpack the question, Could Ancient Financial Principles Help Us Today? Well, that's going to be an exciting topic, and our team looks forward to having you join us tomorrow. But until then, please remember the words of Jesus Christ. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He
that whole 